Grant, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing all right, Dave. Uh, good to be back. Happy to be here. Ready to get into it, man. Yep, we got a lot a lot going on this weekend. You've got uh, obviously Michigan had a, a big road win over Penn State last weekend. It's just making this this race super interesting. Now you've got you know because Michigan beat Penn State, it gets super interesting because Michigan plays Ohio State this weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that on this episode. Get some thoughts. We got some mailbag questions coming too from a few friends. Um, and then some topics that we wanted to to hit as well, um, but you've got a quite quite a quite a big matchup coming up the, this weekend, and it's going to set up a really interesting last weekend of of college football. And you're really starting to see a lot of different scenarios start to play out, a lot of drama with the college football playoff committee. Um, but yeah, it's a what a fun time! What a fun time! We are couple of nine and one teams in the state of Michigan the fact that we're even having this conversation uh towards the end of November is exciting in of itself but before we hop into football Brand, I would be remiss if we didn't mention uh you know the Seton Hall came to Chrysler Arena talking college hoops earlier this week they they did bring down Michigan in an upset win and um I wanted to get your thoughts on that first of all and I wanted to let everybody know that I did troll you. Did I not troll you a little bit after that? You know, I, I love Michigan hoops, but I, I trolled you a little bit, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I mean, I, I kind of gave you that uh, that remorse after the Michigan State-Michigan football game where I was like, hey, man, it's okay. You know, keep your head up type of deal. And uh, let's just say it's a good thing you didn't put that into like a March Madness setting because it wouldn't go well for you. I, oh, no. I, I, you could tell I was already heated. No. With the Seton Hall loss in November. You, you're right, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't make that joke in, in March, but I you take losses like that in college hoops the way I do with Michigan football. And so naturally I had to follow up and say, because um, you, were, you were pretty heated that next morning. Uh, I think we were texting probably like 5.30 in the morning and you had a lot of thoughts. I'm like, hey, man. Hats off to Seton Hall. They were just, you win some, you lose some. They were the better team last night. Just to quote my friend Brandt after Michigan blew a 16-point lead to, to Michigan State. So, um, yeah, anyway, now, now you know how that feels. But moving forward, moving past that, I don't want to disrupt uh, episode 14 here on the podcast. What were, uh, truthfully, some of your thoughts, your takeaways from that game? Any cause for uh, concern for Michigan basketball? Yeah, just to touch on that point real quick, though, Dave, about why some fans get upset is because first of all, a lot of these games start that one started at 9 PM. So you have to stay up until like 11, 1130 to see who's going to win this game. And uh, you're just tired the next morning. You know, if you got to get up and go to work, uh, you're just kind of out of it. And when you stay up and you watch a game like that and they're winning the entire game, and then they decide to blow an 11 point lead with, I don't know if it was five or six minutes left to play, but, um, it was concerning in the fact of, uh, you have young guys out there that are, are trying to, uh, make a name for themselves. They're trying to, uh, get buckets. Uh, they're, they're just trying to run the offense and, and nothing's happening for a guy like Houston missed a lot of shots. Uh, but I think the more disappointing thing to me, and the thing that has me concerned is a guy like Brandon Johns gives you. 27 28 minutes and he's coming up with six points a few boards and a couple assists uh if you're going to be playing 27 minutes 
I need more than six points from uh, uh, I think he's a senior at this point. Oh yeah, I, I think I think I, he I is would a say so. At this point. He he is. I yeah. Can, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so if you're going to be out there and I mean, he's a seasoned guy, I mean, he's been playing a lot of minutes since his sophomore year. So it's, it's like, where are you at, man? Because this is not even, I would say this is a middle of the pack, big East team. And that's a cause for concern because once you get start to play in the upper echelon of the big 10, uh, that's not going to cut it. And that's going to get you beat by more than just two points. Okay. That's going to be a a heavy loss and you can't have that happen at home. I don't think uh, when the crowd's behind you and everything that's college basketball is is more on momentum and it's a lot of runs. Right. And Michigan made a couple runs in that game, but they never did anything to stop a Seton Hall run. I didn't think and Seton Hall kind of got where they wanted the defensive switching for Michigan was bad. Um, And that's putting it nicely. There was a lot of missed defensive assignments. And if you watch that game down the stretch, Devontae Jones had two just absolute killer killer blocking calls that you cannot have in those moments. And that guy being a senior transfer, it's just disappointing to see, like, just play regular defense, you know, get up into somebody, but, but don't give them the bailout calls. And they get four points off those free throws, and that's pretty much the game. So – um, for me, very disappointed in the outcome of the game, but the younger guys have to do a little bit more, uh, and the senior guys really need to step up. So I, a lot more. I, I'm going to, once again, give you a taste of your own medicine because I do truly believe this, especially in college basketball. Uh, and with it being this early in November, it's like if you're going to lose, lose now. Lose a game like that now. The, there are a lot of young guys on this team. You know, that what makes me happy outside of the, the disappointment of Brandon Johns, I don't need to hit that point home any more than you did. Um, but but your big time guys showed up, your seasoned guys did show up. Eli Brooks showed up, Hunter Dickinson did show up. Um, but I think what I learned from this team is that uh, even when those guys show up, they need some help. And and Caleb Houston looked every bit as a as a freshman, and that's okay. He's only a few games into into the season, shot wasn't falling. Um, he was just kind of out there at times, and uh, it, you know, it was concerned. You know, I'm a diehard Pistons fan. At one point, it felt like I was watching a Pistons game. It's like all these shots going up. You know, can't make a three. It was just kind of brutal to to watch. Um, Musa Diabate did not have his best game, and then you know, obviously Terrence Williams did miss the the free throws down the stretch there. But you know, once again, Devontae should have been in there at that point. You cannot follow up, follow out. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. I think they, they probably learned a lot from that loss. I'm expecting them to bounce back. Thank God it's not, did not happen in big 10 play. And, uh, you know, you, like, like you said, uh, to me, I think when we were texting might've just punched uh, Seton Hall's ticket to the tourney. Um, and that's okay. Michigan will be all right. I think in the, the long run, they got some stuff they got to figure out though, for sure. Um, Let's hop into to college football here, which is going to be the bulk of our of our episode. So last weekend, Harbaugh finally gets this huge road win in Happy Valley. It seemed like I don't know about you, dude, but as I'm watching that game, we're winning. It was not a pretty game by any means. You kind of it kind of was what I thought it would be in a way, just kind of like a gritty game. And you just start to see it happen again. Right. Like you saw the lead slip. Um, you know, they tie it up. You got Cade McNamara with a crucial fumble there. Defense steps up huge and holds them to a field goal. And what I wasn't expecting is three minutes left in the game. You got to go down, score a touchdown to win this thing. 
and they did it. And, and I, I, I'm curious to know because we're not used to that. Like those games right there, we do not win those games. If you look in Harbaugh's seven year tenure in those clutch moments on the road like that, even though, yes, we were the better team, we don't win those games. Um, so what did that tell you about Harbaugh, the direction of this team, um, and, and what it, not even just the direction of the team, but what did it show you about this Michigan football team? Did it, I mean, I know you're Mr. Optimistic already, but um, did it feel, fill you with a little more optimism or did it leave you with more question marks with how they played? I think I'm right in the middle, Dave. I don't think I'm overly excited about how the game shook out. I am happy that they got the win, obviously. And, and for those of you who don't think that Penn State is a good team, that's just, it's false. Um, that is a good football team. They do have a good defense. Um, and they were kind of, you could tell they were playing for pride. Certainly they were not laying down for anybody. So I was, I was happy that Michigan, they, they did what they needed to do as far as defensively Hutch and Ajabo. just, they, they did it again, man. They, they took this game over. They were the difference makers in this game. Um, and I think when you talk about What's it mean for, for Harbaugh to kind of get this win over, over something that he hasn't gotten before? It is big for him. It is a statement kind of program win that he can kind of hang his hat on and say, see, we can get it done on the road in November against a, a good Penn State team. Um, obviously, some work left to do with the schedule, but um, I think overall we have to be satisfied with what we saw on Saturday and not kind of be uh, thinking about the past. Um, also, don't be a prisoner of the moment and think, oh, we're sitting really good now uh, because we're not, because there was holes in that game plan and there was uh, the, the turnover that we had and some of the play calling, the fourth down run call where, you know, the defense was obviously stacked on that side and we ran it to that side. You know, there was some questionable stuff. We gave up three fourth downs in a row. Um, and that's a cause for concern, right? This was by no means a perfect game. And uh, I think I think it's important to, to give Eric All a lot of credit for what he did on that bum ankle, basically putting that play on, the, on his back and taking this team to a win. Yeah, I, I think that I, I learned a lot, not, not necessarily about, about Harbaugh. I'm not, I'm still not ready to, to go there yet and start giving him the accolades. I mean, I, I'm getting closer. And obviously when you're sitting at nine and one with some true aspirations sitting in front of you, like, yeah, that does have to do a lot with coaching. So I'm not going to dismiss that. I think it just taught me even more about this team though. Like the true leadership that exists on this team, it, it taught me how good Hutch and Ojabo really are. I mean, that duo is a, it, they've been a problem all year. They haven't been stopped yet. And, and I think that, um, you know, as we look forward through these next couple of games and obviously ending at Ohio state, if those guys can be that disruptive, I think Michigan could be a very, very good football team. Not could be, we, they are a very good football team. They're earning my respect with, with a win like that. Um, and, and in addition you know, you've got to shout out the the secondary too. DJ Turner had a heck of a game. Vincent Gray, um, they're playing against one of the best receivers in the country and Jahan Dotson, who, you know, had just went for 250 receiving yards the week before. That kid is really good. I think they targeted him like 16 times or something like that. And he had like 50 or 60 yards receiving. That is 
that, that that's elite defense right there. Like that's a heck of a game plan. Um, they knew what they needed to do. We said limit those big plays and, and, and they did. Um, and, and that running game, I think they got some uh, like more rushing yards than I maybe was expecting on the defense, but at the same time, it wasn't like they weren't giving up the big plays. Um, and you know, the, the biggest thing was, uh, I, I thought that the offense really, gosh, in that first, it seemed like we didn't have the ball very much like it, that poor defense, the fact that they still had juice at the end of that game to hold them to a field goal, like they were put through the gauntlet. It's like, they couldn't get off the, every time they got off the, the, the field, it was like, they, they were right back on there. So, um, they, they really stepped up to the, to the plate. It was obviously a heck of a play call to Eric all, but also you got to start giving Cade McNamara his love. Um, because even after that critical fumble in, in a quarterback's mind in a young kid's mind in an environment like happy Valley recovering from that is not easy. And you go down and it's like, Oh, well, okay. Now you got to go and, and win this game outright. And it's on your shoulders. Um, Cade's really impressing me. It's not even the, the long ball necessarily, but it's those, those uh, little crossing routes that he just seems to be on the money with um, where he's leading his receivers right now at the right at the right spot. And um, I'm, I'm really impressed with him and just his composure in the, in the big moment. So he he's making me a believer to once again, not say he's an elite talent or, you know, he's somebody who I didn't think he was all along. I just think he's showing that he's got a lot of confidence and, and you need that. Um, and, and the team's going to follow that on the defensive side of the ball. You already know where those leaders stand, and obviously Dax Hill um, as well. But you got a lot of guys stepping up at the right time. I think they bounced back huge after that loss to, to Michigan State, and now you're rolling again, right? Now now the season's in front of you again, and and it's up to you to go and get it. So, you know, I, I, I was really – it was an uh, – yeah, it was an ugly game. Like, I didn't leave that. Like, oh, my gosh, God, we look even better than I thought. wasn't that by any means. But the fact that you don't ever have to apologize for a win, Happy Valley is not an easy place to win. If you look at their losses this year, they're against very good teams outside of Illinois. Um, and Sean Clifford has been banged up too. Um, with him coming back healthy, I just thought that was a really, really critical win for this program at, at this point of the year. Uh, you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I do have one question for you. Um, is Michigan's defense elite? I, I do think that they're elite. I, I, I do not, not across the board. Um, I, I think that they have their, their weaknesses, but where they need to be elite, where they've like claimed their identity, they haven't been stopped yet. Um, and, and to me, that's, that's shown me everything that I, that I need to see out of, I mean, honestly, those top three guys, we've talked about them, Hutch, Ajabo, Dax Hill. Now you're sprinkling in these other guys that are, that are stepping up. Yeah. I, I do think they're, if they're not elite right now, they're on the they're on the brim of being they're they're right there on the edge of, of being an elite defense, playing with a lot of confidence. What do you think? Uh, I will also go with yes, but I think it has a lot more to do with the defensive line than it does the secondary. And I think that um, I listened to DJ Turner talk this past week, and he had said, you know, last year was a lot different than this year uh, in the in the fact of the receivers that are trying to put double moves on these guys can't get out of their second break before the pressure is on the quarterback, whether he's getting sacked or, or the, the you know, it's yep. a blocked ball or, or whatever it is. And he goes, that's just so rare to see is that they're not even getting to their double move and the crowd's screaming because, you know, the guy's getting sacked. So yeah. 
I think that that just goes to show you that the defensive line is definitely elite and the secondary kind of falls in line. And now Michigan has a top 10 pass defense, which um, we're going to, we're going to see exactly where that stands with Maryland and Ohio state. Absolutely. Like it or not, Maryland's going to chuck it around 50 times a game. You know what I mean? And, and, and to his little brother, Talia Tango Viola is a, he's a slippery guy too. He's kind of small. Like he's, he's hard to bring down. Um, at times and he and he can he can check it out there so I am uh I, I I'm with you on, on that front and I also I think that what this does just from a from a program standpoint is now you're now you're winning games and and I think this has a lot more to do with the future of Michigan football which has me excited like obviously this year has been huge but for these young guys and this is still a young football team to actually see and feel what it's like to win in those big moments. I think over the next couple of years that that is really going to set this team up for success. They're winning these games outside of the, the failure and the absolute collapse in East Lansing they're winning. Um, and, and they're winning truthfully when I don't think that they always will. Um, and, and so I, I I've got to give my, my hats off to that team and to the, to the coaching staff for having those kids ready to play and, and to not fold when the, you know, when the pressure gets tight. So, um, all right, well, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this next point because Michigan travels to Maryland. We just started talking about it a little bit this weekend. Um, they're obvious favorites. They should win this game. Um, I guess my question to you, Brent is. Um, it's not really about a, a win or a loss or anything like that. Well, I guess, first of all, don't look past Maryland I, by any means. I, State gave you the blueprint to beat these guys. Um, you you got to make it to 10-1 and one heading uh, into Ann Arbor to play Ohio State the, the following week. But what are you hoping that Michigan does this game against Maryland? Just real quick. Uh, I just hope they move the ball efficiently. Uh, I think the defense will do what the defense always does. I just hope we don't have that that turnover bug that just bites us. We haven't seen it this year do that really. And I would hate for us to do something out of our element. I don't think Harbaugh plays that way though. And I, I think a lot of times people, people say, well, Jim Harbaugh doesn't lose these types of games where he wins the ones he's supposed to win. So, um, and that's because he really doesn't deviate from his game plan a lot of the times. Uh, So I think him and Gaddis just kind of stay in their lane and they, they go about their business uh, this weekend. You yeah, I agree with all of that. My what I want to see is a a clear cut win, and for our guys to stay healthy, you're going to need every guy on this roster. That I mean, I know we're already banged up. You can't afford to get more banged up. You can't afford a stupid targeting penalty on a key guy like Hutch or somebody in the end of that in that second half of that game that puts you out the first half against Ohio State, or you get a bum ankle, somebody falls on you like. I know these are all hypothetical things, but to come out of that game with with good health heading into Ohio State is probably like my my top priority. Uh, so I know that nothing to really do with the game plan necessarily, but I'm really hoping that we come out of this game as healthy as we can be. Um, but moving aside from Michigan, there's a much larger game than Michigan at Maryland this weekend, um, and it's got huge implications in the college football playoff uh, standings. And and likelihood who who could be going to to Indy for, in, you know in the Big Ten championship, Michigan State travels to Columbus noon game. Um, man, I, I'm I'm excited for this game. I, do you do you think that Michigan State 
do they have a chance? Like, do, do you think realistically they have a chance to bring down the giant in Ohio state? And, and if so, what are, what are the keys for them to, to pull off a huge upset on the road? One for the ages. Yeah, I do think they have what it takes. They can possess the ball with Kenneth Walker. They can kind of play keep away. Um, I just think offensively, they can actually get in a shootout with these guys. Uh, I don't think Ohio State's defense, they just gave up, what was it, 32 to Purdue. Um, so th- their defense is, isn't elite. Um, their offense has turned the corner. You know what you're going to get from those receivers, Wilson, Olave, Smith and Jibba, like those guys are going to come and, and they're going to score points on Michigan State secondary. We know that. Uh, it's it's going to be, can Michigan State move the ball enough to score 35, 42 points and be in this thing in the fourth quarter? Because I, I don't trust C.J. Stroud yet. Oddly enough, I trust Peyton Thorne more than I trust C.J. Stroud. Uh, I He's don't been know tested more, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and I don't know Jalen Naylor's status for this game. Um, but if he can play this week, look out. I think Michigan State has a chance in this game. Um, do I think that their secondary is going to get shredded? I, I think that's a very good possibility. Um, but I also think they can score enough points to keep this interesting late. And if you let State hang around, ask Michigan, it's not good. Well, um, so I, what, do you, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think they do have a, have a chance. I think Ohio state's a clear favorite. I definitely wouldn't put any money on Michigan state winning this game. Um, but do they have what it takes? Yeah, I, I, I do think so. And I, I actually think that I think if they get into a shootout, um, I disagree to a certain extent. I think if they get into a shootout with Ohio state, they will lose this game nine out of 10 times. I think that you've got, potentially um, or probably the the best running back in the country this year and he's you know he's sitting back there number nine right ready ready to 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 take that ball and whether it's a three yard run or a five yard run like give Kenneth Walker the ball and keep the offense on the field keep Ohio State off the field if you can control the clock and I think what state's got to do is because they rely so much on the big play the home run play um, and I'm glad you mentioned Naylor, even if they can get him in as a, as a decoy, if he's out there and can at least have this defense, take a double look at him, even if he's not at, you know, full strength or can't quite catch the ball fully. Like if you can get him out there, I think that's huge, but it's not going to be, yeah, I agree. Ohio state secondary is, I mean, Purdue put up 31 on them. Like they're, yeah, you can get into a shootout, but Purdue put up 31, Ohio state put up almost 60. Like, I, I just think that, um, truthfully you've got to keep that offense off the field and you've got to on the defensive side of the ball because you know state's secondary is trash they're gonna get they're gonna get burned and so if you can keep those three receivers you just named in front of you as much as possible throughout the day that's going to be a huge key to victory um and you've got to get some stops you cannot afford to do what purdue did and give give up like six straight touchdowns um on drives to ohio state the game's going to get out of hand real fast in columbus so i think that if state can slow this up just the hair um and and put together some meaningful drives and and control the clock as much as possible you're gonna ohio state's gonna put up a lot of points like that's just 
it's going to happen, even with the best defensive plan. Like you're looking at some of the best receivers in the country. And C.J. Stroud, although young and, and unproven, he's he's starting to, to prove himself and hit those guys. So keep them in front of you as much as possible, and uh, but also play your game. And I think you made a really good point, Brant. If you can, if you're Michigan State and you go into that fourth quarter down like between seven and ten points, pressure's not on you anymore. Pressure's on Ohio State. And I'm not so sure that this Ohio State team is ready to, to win in a big moment like that. And I think very similar to like what happened against Michigan is uh, you, State's not going to go away in those moments. And they've got the talent on the field to, to be able to, to pull and edge out a close victory like that. So long story short, do I think it's going to happen? Nope, I absolutely do not. But is it possible? Absolutely it's possible. This Ohio State team is, is beatable. Um, any other thoughts on that, Brant, before we shift over to a, a few mailbag questions? Yeah, I know we didn't talk about the Mel Tucker extension situation. Um, obviously, that's been floating around in the news, $95 million or whatever it's going to be for five years. or I can't remember how long it's supposed to be. but Ten years, I, 95 I, mil. I, Ten years, whatever it is. Uh, good for Mel Tucker, for one. But it, I, I think it's very important how these last two games play out in the eyes of the fans. Now that he's going to get this type of money, uh, you kind of almost expect him to be competitive against or Ohio State and beat Penn State, right? Like you can't lose to a six and four Penn State team at home at the end of the season and be a ninety-five million dollar paid man. I'm I'm just saying this is going to start to be a thing for Michigan State fans as well. The expectation is there, and now don't just think that you can lose these last two games and think, oh well, ready for next year. To me, anyway. Fair enough. Yeah, I think it's just how it works in college football, man. If they don't pay him right now, like make him the highest paid no, coach, or yeah, they're gonna lose him. And and this is just how this works. He's only, I mean, he hasn't even completed his second season yet, but they they know what they have to do to to keep him. And we all know, yeah, could this go south in a few years? And yeah, in, in two years, yeah, it definitely could. But I don't think if you're Michigan State football program, you don't have any other choice. And Tuck has shown you no reason to to do otherwise. So. Yeah, congrats to him on this uh, rumored extension that I think will get finalized here very soon. Um, all right, Brant, we do have a, a few friends that we reached out to for some, some mailbag questions. The first one goes to Matt Newton, and he said, in quote, not a hot topic, but I think Ohio State beats both of us. He's a Michigan fan, isn't he, Brant? Yeah, he's a Michigan yeah. fan. So, yeah, so he says, I think Ohio State beats both of us. It winds up being Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon and Cincy and Cincy gets absolutely ran Georgia smokes Ohio state in the national championship. What are your thoughts on that? I could actually see this playing out. Um, oddly enough, he, he clearly believes in Georgia, which why wouldn't you at this point? Um, Cincinnati has a very clear path to win out. Um, they have uh, their tough game. Dave is SMU. So that goes to show you that they're they're probably going to go undefeated. Um, and who was his other team? Oregon, I believe yep. he said, right? Yes, Oregon. Okay. And, and Oregon's got to take care of Utah twice, um, which I, I could I could see that happening. Um, I I could I could see that Final Four playing out just the way he talked about it. And I think Georgia would absolutely destroy C.J. Stroud. 
Um, and I think that moment would be too big for that Buckeye team. And so if that was the final four and that's the way that it looked like when I was looking at the bracket, I would a hundred percent agree with that. Um, although I do not agree with his take of Ohio state beats both Michigan state and Michigan. However, really? I think they lose, okay. Yeah, Interesting. I think they lose one of those games. Yep. Wow. So that's yeah. a hot take from you. So you think that, cause I actually, I would tend to lean on the side of just the, the favorites of that Ohio state wins both of both of these games. Um, but that's interesting. You don't think so. Um, and I, I think that uh, if this is the final four, by the way, if it shakes out like how Matt thinks it will, uh, I, I think that that prediction is spot on. If it's Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, and, and Cincy, I think I, I think that Cincy does get destroyed and probably proves a lot of people right in their annoyance with them even being there in the first place. Although they, they held their own last year. Actually, did they beat Georgia in a bowl game last year? I know Georgia didn't like play any of their starters or whatever, but if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I, I could be making that up. But anyway, and then Georgia smokes Ohio State. Yeah, if it's Georgia, Ohio State, Ohio State's going to get d- destroyed. Um, and and I just I, I firmly believe that, although I'm not sure the uh, quarterback play in, in Georgia is quite ready to drop a bunch of points on Ohio State necessarily. But I think they're going to scare the daylights out of C.J. Stroud and he will not be ready for that moment. Um, Do you think that? Ohio, OK, so you think that Georgia would would absolutely destroy Ohio State or, or would maybe be like a three score game or something like that? I do. Uh, I, I think it, that they would win somewhere between 14 and 20 would be my guess. That's would my definition of destroyed in the national championship. <laughs> no. uh, all right. Let's put you on the spot for a second. Would Michigan do any better? No. Okay. No, right. I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I think that they would definitely – I don't know. I guess that would be a good topic though. As I'm, as I'm thinking that out, um, it might be a better yeah. matchup, but I still don't think, no, I, I don't, I, I don't think they would do any better. I'm not going to, I'm not about to put on my Michigan cap and be like, yeah, I think, no, I think. Well, let's see, let's see him play Michigan state this weekend, obviously. And you'll have a better common opponent True. because when Ohio state, when Ohio state played Penn state, I think that was a little bit of a different Penn state team than it is now. And, and they only beat them by nine. So Let's for sure. see how they how they play against uh, Michigan State. Absolutely, um, and then we went over to uh, Ash Simpson, and and John was in on this as well. Her husband, um, and she said, if MSU beats Ohio State, and then Penn State beats MSU, so now you're looking at a ten and two Michigan State team, um, but with a win over Ohio State. Um, she said, but the Big East champion wins the Big Ten championship. Who goes to the playoffs? Is it the Big Ten winner or is it Cincinnati? Um, let's let's start there. What are, what are your thoughts on that? A two-loss team has never made the playoff. Um, so for me, I would say Cincinnati. I would be with Cincinnati on that one. I don't think I don't think the the Big Ten is a lock if they have two losses. I would agree, but I think what the scenario doesn't necessarily take in. I mean, the if Mich if Michigan somehow like obviously beats Maryland, but then beats Ohio State and they win the the Big Ten championship, like yeah, I, they would be in over Cincinnati for sure, right? Yeah, right. Right. So 
Yeah, but that's a it's an interest. It's interesting to to see how this will shake out, especially because <laughs> between Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, like those three teams are. They're, they're, it's neck and neck, and it's awesome, honestly, that we get these next two weeks to see how this is going to shake out. Um, but the next part of this said, um, if all of that happens, and then Georgia beats Bama in the SEC championship, which seems like a likely matchup in the SEC championship, that will be Georgia and Bama. Does a two-loss Bama make it over a Big Ten champion in Cincinnati? That's a good question. Boy, I don't know. That is a very good question. Um, I would say no. I would just say no, just because you would have that loss to Georgia. I I don't I don't think I don't see a path for for Bama at that point. I don't I, think so. You? So I think from like a like I'm removing the like the talent standpoint alone, right? Like even though Bama has has lost one game this year. And let's just say theoretically they, they would lose to Georgia in the SEC championship. I still think, and I hate saying this because I cannot stand Alabama, and I don't think that they're like have an elite team this year like they have in the past. But if you're asking me right now who the two top, the two clear top two teams in college football are, for me, it's Georgia and Bama. Um, and so you may disagree with that. But that's just what I that's just what I think right now. And I and I think that a two loss Bama team, I don't see them, I don't see them getting in over an undefeated Cincinnati or a Big Ten champion. I, I don't think the committee wants that, to be quite honest with you. To devalue with, with with as tough as the Big Ten East is this year, to not to not put in the Big Ten champion and put in a two loss Bama team. I don't see I don't see that happening, but who knows? They 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 love them some Nick Saban. Yeah, and you said that Bama and Georgia are the clearly the two top two teams. I I'm going to disagree with that a little bit. I think it in the past it's been one A one B. Really, it's this year one A and two three four kind of muddled together. Really, the 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 next six teams are are pretty muddled, just just mucked up together because. Alabama is not head and shoulders better than Ohio state. They're not head and shoulders better than Michigan state or Michigan in my eyes. Uh, Georgia, I think has that clear definition separation. Uh, Alabama is not that way. Okay. Um, And then Pat, uh, our buddy, Pat Schiffer, final question. And he said, is there a scenario where both Michigan and Michigan state make the college football playoff? Is what is that scenario, Brant? Because to me, I, I would think that that would be. So I'm just playing this out on the spot. I haven't thought this one all the way through. So that means Michigan State. That means they both beat Ohio State. Yes. Yep. So that and, that means Ohio State finishes the season with two losses in a row. I don't. Or he said, "Is there a scenario?" Yes, there's yeah, a, a yeah, scenario. Yeah. A realistic so, scenario? I'd say no way. So yeah, this scenario is real. And Dave, you say no way, but I'll give it like a 25% chance. I I love this scenario and uh, shout out to Pat. Um, you think I'm Mr. Optimism? He's a little bit sunshine on my shoulders. I think a little bit. Um, a little John Denver, he, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that it'd be really cool. And anybody that's ever lived in Michigan would be just hype. You know, if, if you're a fan of either one of these teams, um, 
can be a really cool thing to see play out. Uh, I don't think that both of them will beat Ohio State, but like I said, 25% chance. Why not? You, you know, know what? Both of those teams. Yeah. What? No, I was both of those teams will be eleven and one. There's no way you could keep either one out over Cincinnati. Like both of those teams would go in over Cincinnati. Obviously, Ohio State would be out of play. Notre Dame wouldn't get in. Oklahoma State doesn't have a chance at that point. Can you imagine? Just, can you imagine around here, just locally, having Michigan and Michigan State in the college football playoff? That would be. Could you could you handle that? I don't know if you could handle that. That's a lot for you. no. That that's a lot for that me emotionally. I don't even feel safe just talking about it. So no, I mean, yeah, it'd be exciting, but yeah, that that would watching the game with one eye closed. Exactly. Yep, the whole time. Yes. Um, So yeah, I I don't necessarily see it being realistic, but it's definitely a possibility and and one that would be exciting for sure, Pat. Um, And then he also his follow up question was, "What does Harbaugh's outlook look like next year if they win out? So they beat Maryland this weekend, then beat Ohio State." Um, and then I'm assuming that means win the, the Big Ten championship as well. And what about if they lose to Ohio State again? So now you're talking a 10-2 and two season, likely like a Rose Bowl bid. Um, what, what does that do for, for Jim Harbaugh in the eyes of, of Michigan fans? Well, if Harbaugh wins out and Michigan State loses this weekend, they go to, the, they go to Indianapolis and they, they play for the Big Ten championship. He's – the king of Ann Arbor, I don't – I think he still has to win that game for, for people to really – for him to get the monkey off his back big time. But just going to Indianapolis would be a very big deal for Michigan fans, something they've been craving since he got here in 2014 or, or whatever. It's something that we've been just begging for, right? So um, that would be a very big deal, and his contract would get reworked. I guarantee you that. Ward Manuel would go back to the drawing board on that because he wouldn't want him to leave, uh, especially with the young guns he has on this team. Uh, Secondly, if he loses to Ohio State this year, I think fans have already submitted to the fact of after this Penn State game, this season is a success. It is a success in the fact of he was able to come off a two and four year, put things together, have a have a competent offense. I'll use the word competent for the offense. Um, the defense, Dave, you just said yourself was elite. So he has that going for him. Boy, don't get beat 62 to 10 by Ohio state, but uh, I, I don't think that happens anyway. I think the Ohio state game is competitive and Jim Harbaugh, no matter what, at the end of this year, Pat, it, it's, it's a go for him next year. And the, the, the ceiling in Ann Arbor next year is very high, I think. Yeah, I, I think that th- this season is a success. I agree with you. The season is a success. At the, I hate it's such a loser attitude, right, of like even if we lose to Ohio State. I, and the reason why I think it is a successful season for Jim, it, like will it be so frustrating to see another loss to Ohio State? Yeah, absolutely. But we were talking about over under seven and a half wins before this season started. So the fact that they're sitting at nine and one right now, potentially going to be 10 and one hosting Ohio state at the end of the year is incredible in of itself. And, and something that I don't think any of us expect it to happen. So it's a win no matter what. Um, and then in terms of the loss to Ohio state, I think that 
Um, right now, everybody's on a high, right? We're all happy. Like, it's great. But if Michigan comes out and gets dusted by 40 points, which I agree with you, I don't think will happen. But, man, I mean, we've seen it happen. <laughs> so if they come out and just get destroyed and look unprepared, are unable to make adjustments throughout the game. Same frustrating uh, scenario that we seem to see like every year against Ohio State. Like I'd be lying if I said I would not. I'd have a bitter taste in my mouth. Just like once again, I would have questions about um, just the coaching and, and the preparedness that this team has for that game. I don't see that happening this year, but I do think that it depends on how you lose. I don't think it changes whether the season was a success or a failure, but how I see Jim Harbaugh, it does matter. To me, it does. Or lose to Maryland, right? Oh, like, don't God. go stub your toe this weekend, right? That, 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 that changes happen. everything. Yeah, you lose right. to Maryland this weekend. That changes everything. And we're having a whole different podcast right. next week. There might be an emergency podcast. That exactly. Happens. Exactly. All right, man. We are, per usual, running late. We are going to wrap up with best bets, starting with college football. NFL and then your lock of the week. So hit me with these. What do you got? All right, Dave. So last weekend, um, I was in contact with you. I had a 14 parlay that hit for like 1200 bucks. So I was riding on a pretty big high last week. Um, not to toot my own horn or anything, but toot, toot. <laughs> if you're using the if you're using these bets, you could probably be making some pretty good money. So let's start with uh, Michigan at Maryland. Uh, uh, obviously, Michigan traveling to College Park. Um, that is a 14 and a half point game for Michigan being favored. Who you got, Dave? I think Michigan covers 14 and a half. I think this team is ready to roll. They're earning. They're earning my confidence. Okay. I am going to take Michigan as well, but just by the slimmest of margins. I think it's like a 17-point game. I, I don't think they try to run the score up. I don't think they play a lot of guys in the fourth quarter if it's like a 24-point game. I agree. And that can slip a little bit. Uh, you don't need anybody getting hurt needlessly. So, um, and then we got Nebraska at Wisconsin. Uh, I put this one on there, Dave, because – Wisconsin, slowly but surely, and as Wisconsin does, is now leading the Big Ten West. Whoever comes out of the East looks like they're going to be playing these guys, and and they put together like, I don't know, four or five straight wins in a row. Um, Wisconsin favored at home by nine and a half. Nebraska has decided to bring back Scott Frost. Who do you like in this one? Although we've seen Nebraska be like so close every week and just like never win those games. I think Wisconsin is rolling right now and, and they're at home they've got a lot to, to play for. I think that they cover the nine and a half and I think they actually look really good doing so. Have you seen that Wisconsin running back, the freshman kid? Yes. Brandon Allen? He, he did not play much against Michigan and nope. thank God. Right. <laughs> Jonathan uh, Taylor. Michigan makes it back to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. If Michigan makes it back to Indy, they will be seeing that kid a whole heck of a lot more than they did the first time. All right, the uh, college football focuses around this game this weekend. MSU at Ohio State. Ohio State favored by 18 and a half. And I almost can't believe I'm saying those words out loud with a nine and one matchup, or I'm sorry, 10 and one, or nine and one matchups. Yeah, right. What, what, a, um, yeah, so, what, what a slap in the face to Michigan State. <laughs> And, you know, 
so disrespectful. So what do you think, Dave, in Columbus? No way, man. I, I, I think that 18 and a half seems significant. Now, once again, if they try and get into a shootout with Ohio State, Ohio State's going to cover that spread. Mark my words. But if they can can force some turnovers, can actually cause Ohio State to punt the football, um, I don't I don't think they cover eighteen and a half. Just let alone just see what State has on the offensive side of the ball and what Ohio State's putting up on the defensive side. I think they've got to keep it within that. What about you? Yeah, earlier in the pod, I said that Michigan State has a chance in this game and they can keep it close in the fourth quarter. However, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Ohio State runs away with this thing just with Michigan State secondary being so bad. Um, and, and you can only give it to Kenneth Walker so many times before you have to start throwing it. And they just haven't thrown the ball that well against good defenses. So um, I will take... Uh, Ohio State in the points at home. Let, let me, let me right. give you a stat real quick. Ohio right. State, since 2010, has not covered the spread the week before playing Michigan. Oh. Well, in that case, give me Ohio State. I've got to break the spread, right? Yeah. right? Uh, I'm just that guy Interesting that stat. roulette table, and there's like, 15 black out there and then you just like it can't go for a 16th time right so you put it on red right and it goes right black every time every time right, uh nfl uh lions at browns um lions with a great tie last week dave had to warm the heart of these lions fans. that was amazing that was literally one of the worst football games that i've had the pleasure of watching in a long time and two god-awful quarterbacks trying to give each other the game. And eventually, both teams said, look, we've, I've tried to let you win. You've tried to let me win. We both are awful. Let's just call this a tie. Um, that was just that – was, that was terrible. And the Browns are covering 11.5. Jared Goff might not play. Um, I think – Maybe a good thing. They I might think cover now. That, that might be a good thing. Um, and I do believe that the Lions are going to – I'll take them with plus 11 and a half. Okay, so the Lions – you got the Lions covering. Yeah, the, Brown, the Browns are not good. They're not good right now, okay. man. Baker Mayfield is awful. I will take the Browns to cover. I don't care. Uh, I think the Lions last week was an aberration because of Mason Rudolph. And the fact that I watched four hours of Mason Rudolph and Jared Goff, besides the psychological things that are wrong with me, I realize, Dave, this is a question for you. Can Cade McNamara get a start in the NFL? These two guys are playing quarterback in the NFL. I mean, I would like to think so, but I <laughs> like not. I, I would like to think so. Right? I mean, at least Peyton Thorne, like he's got to get a job if these two are playing for sure, I think. Um, okay, moving on. Rant over. Cowboys at Chiefs. Chiefs favored by two and a half at home. Cowboys got it back on track last week. Absolutely destroyed the Falcons. Um, and the Chiefs got a big win last week, too, over the Raiders. So um, both teams feeling pretty good about themselves right now. This has got to be like the game of the week. Um, I think yeah. what's it's troublesome for our Cowboys is that they looked outstanding last week. But the Chiefs also got back on track. Patrick Mahomes got back on track. They're at home, two and a half. 
I, as much as I hate to do it, I think I've picked the Cowboys every single time this year. Um, but I, I think I'm going to take the chiefs this time around um, just because of what I saw out of them last week. And obviously Dallas looked outstanding last week. I just got a feeling in Arrowhead uh, this may not go the Cowboys way. Unfortunately, what do you think? I'll take the Cowboys. Um, I, I really believe that their defense is good enough to shut the chiefs down. The chiefs offensive line is not very good. Their running game is average because they don't use it. Yeah. yeah they don't use it. And that that's the main problem. And you ask Patrick Mahomes to throw 50 times a game. Uh, so I really think that D- Dallas's defense uh, does the job this weekend and they get a win uh, at Arrowhead. Um, Cardinals at Seahawks Seahawks favored by two and a half. Russell Wilson came back last week. Didn't look so great, but, um, he's at home this week and Kyler Murray says that he's pretty close to playing. What does that mean, Dave? I, I don't know. I have him in two fantasy football leagues and it's driving me nuts. I, I think that, uh, they've got a bye week next week and that would lead me to think that they might rest Kyler Murray one more week. But with it being against the Seahawks, they may try to get him out there. Um, I I think that the Seahawks looked – they were atrocious last week against the Packers, didn't even put up a point. Yeah, and And, Russell played. Yeah, and Russell played. I think to get back on track, I'll take uh, Seahawks plus two and a half. I'm going Seahawks plus two and a half too. Back to my point, Dave. Colt McCoy is playing – he's starting in the NFL. Longhorns. Something is going – yeah, <laughs> something needs to give here. Um, okay, lock of the week. You ready for it? I guess so. Let's go, Mister Twelve Hundred Dollars in my pocket. What is it? <laughs> so, I'm surprising everybody this week with the lock of the week. I am going with parlay here. I am going Oregon State money line, uh, and I'm going Wake Forest money line. Uh, Oregon State believe they have Arizona State. Um, I think they take care of business there at home and Wake Forest is playing Clemson. Now Clemson used to just wipe the floor with Wake Forest, like never even a game, but Clemson is vulnerable this year. They are seven and three, however, which is okay for them, I guess. Uh, I mean, not okay for them this year, but if you've watched them play this year, that's not that bad of a result for them. Uh, But Wake Forest just scores a ton of points. Um, I like them in this spot and to get a lot of revenge after getting punked for so many years. So Oregon State, Wake Forest, money line them. That's a plus 509. Take advantage of this. Get the money here. Refinance the home, take out some equity, toss some money on this game, according to Brant. So, all right, I like it. You've been doing good with those bets, so why not? Appreciate everybody tuning in. If you have not done so already, give us a follow, subscribe. Another thing that would help us out is if you've got some friends that, that are into, into sports as well, especially local Michigan, Michigan sports, particularly football and basketball, do us a favor, shoot them the link, let them check out our podcast. We'd love some, some more followers as we are trying to hit some, some big goals this month. So appreciate the support as always, Brant. I will see you next time, my friend. See you, dude.